Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Many of us have that what if, and what if is attached to possibility or, or, or you may be asking you know you know what if what if Jesus comes today a- am I ready because we do know this he is coming the Bible tells us we don't know when we don't know the hour we don't know the day but he is indeed coming and so what if he comes today my message is not about those things actually this message is about what if you trusted God more Watch this. What if you trusted God more with your time? What if you trusted God more with your finances? What if you trusted God more with your talent, with your talent? What could what 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 could God do with that? It's interesting. I often hear people say, man, if I had if I had man, just a, a few more hours in the day, if my day was just a few more hours longer, boy, I could get so much more done. And I would say, what if God did give you that extra time? You probably wouldn't use it to do something that would glorify him. It's okay to say, ouch. Some people say, if I had just an extra $1,000 a month more in my income, life would be so much better. But you probably wouldn't take that extra 1000 to do something that would benefit him. Or what if, I, what if I had that talent that my neighbor has or if I had that talent that my friend has, man, I would, man, ooh, if I had your talent, how many of y'all heard that? If I had your talent, if I had your gift, oh, you don't even know what I would do with it. Yeah, you would waste it. The truth is, we often play this what if game. We often have this in our mind. What if, if I had more, if I had more, if I, what would you do with it is the real question. What would you do if you really did have more hours in a day? How many more of those hours would you give back to God? What if you did have more money than you had last month? What would you do with it? What if you did <laughs> hit that billion? And I will tell you a funny story. You know, we were on the road headed down to uh, Donaldsonville to serve. And, and, and we were in two cars and the car in front of us decided to call us. And so we put them on speakerphone and we had a, a nice uh, conversation as we debated and pontificated about what would we do with said millions of dollars and so rod simply asked he said hey pastor i got a question for you and all the guys in the car with you i said yes what is it he said man if you had a friend that you had known for a long time and y'all were pretty close and that friend won 300 million dollars would you expect them to give you some of it and i said well first of all my first question to you is man when did you hit him when were you going to tell me Sam volunteered to name his next child after Rod. (laughs) So we started talking about it. And, of course, everybody said, you know, I'm going to give to the church. And I was really excited. And, you know, some said, well, I would give you this much. And I said, well, you give me that much, y'all would have to buy a new pastor because I'm I'm, I'm done pastoring. (laughs) 
I'm joking. I'm not in this for the money, clearly. But, you know, we just joked about it. But the truth is, it was, we played this what if game. What if? What would, what, what would we really do? What would we really do if we had that kind of money? Like, what would you do? And I know that most of us in here, let's be honest, we start thinking about what we're going to do for us. That's real. You can't help it. You're in a society where you cannot help but think about you. You're in a society where it's all predicated on what you have and what you can accumulate. Uh, We're in that society. We're in a capitalist society. Heck, my first thought is, man, I'm going to get a new house. We're all thinking that, and it's it's natural, it's normal, I'm not knocking that. But the thing is, it just tells us how far away from kingdom thinking we are. Because I imagine in an impoverished area, I imagine somewhere else, and I'm not even talking about Donaldsonville, I'm talking about other places outside of this country where they don't even have access to running water, where they don't have access to transportation, where church for them is a straw rooftop with no walls and, and, and plastic seats. I guarantee those people are thinking, if I had some money, what would I do for God? Because they've seen miraculous things. But here, where we are, our natural inclination is to think about, man, what I'm going to get. What am I going to get? And I'll be honest, we talked about buying houses. And, and I shared with them a dream of mine that I've had for a long time. And, and that is that if one day I had enough money, I would love to buy a second home, a condo on the beach. And some of y'all are looking at me like, oh, he is one of those pastors. And I am. And I'm going to share with you the kind of pastor that I am. I would love to have a condo on the beach, surely, so my family and I could have vacations. But I will require every person who serves as a leader at Mosaic Church to allow three days a year to go to that condo free of charge so that they can rest and replenish to continue to serve God. It would be a requirement if you're going to serve or work at Mosaic Church. It would be a requirement. And then the days that we're not using it so that we can rest and replenish to continue to do the work of God, it will be available to every pastor free of charge so that they can rest and replenish to continue to do the work of God. That's why I would do it. Because I go to places like that now that's free of charge to pastors to rest and replenish and rejuvenate to continue to serve. I said, I would do that. Of course, I'm thinking about me too, but I would still be thinking about others. And I'm wondering how many of you would think about others before you just think about yourself. What if, what if you had all of that? What would you do with it? I want to help us today. And trying to tackle the big what ifs. Because when we think what if, what if is what if is attached to possibilities. It's attached to possibilities. And a lot of us sit with what ifs and we look at the what ifs of life and, and they look impossible. But the beauty of, 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 of life is this. When things seem impossible, God steps up to the front of the line and says, wait a minute, I'm possible. When things that you have these what-if moments about seem impossible, God says, I'm possible. So all those what-if things you're talking about are possible through me, but you've got to put me in the front of the line. Make me a priority. Make me a priority is what he's saying. So watch this. If you have your Bible, you can meet me in the Old Testament. And I'm going to come from a very familiar passage found in this book of Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verses 14 through 15. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verses 14 through 15. And we find these words in the New Living Translation. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, 
I will hear from heaven and will give for and, and will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. That's powerful. If, if, if we would just humble ourselves, pray and seek his face. And here's the other one. Turn from our wicked ways. He will hear from heaven. Forgive our sins, restore our land. His eyes, his eyes will be open and ears attentive to every prayer made in his presence. You've heard that passage read before, right? But I guarantee you have not heard it explained the way I'm going to explain it to you today. So it makes real sense to you so that whatever we talk about today is applicable immediately to your life after we leave today. I'm going to share with you how this happens. We think possibilities. I want to share something with you. Possibilities are only one turn away. All that you think that you want to do, all of the stuff that you think is impossible, the possibility is simply one turn away. And it's all about making the right turn. But here's where we get stuck at. Y'all ready for this? We, 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 we want the possibilities attached to the promises that God has made for all of our lives. But this is where we get stuck. We cannot receive the promises Without going through a process. Y'all missed that. It got quiet. I'm going to help you out. Because y'all see, I see some of y'all don't like process. I'm going to help you once again. You cannot receive the promises of God without going through a process. And normally, I expect y'all to be quiet on the process part. Because process is attached to work. Process is required, is, is attached to labor. Watch this. Process is attached to stretching and being uncomfortable. Process is attached to change. Process is attached to something that you don't really want to do. But in order to receive the promises of God, you have to go through a process. And that's what was going on here with these people that we read about in this Bible who had to humble themselves, pray, seek his face, turn away from their wicked ways. That's the process. Seek his face, humble yourselves, turn away from your wicked ways. We have to do these things. So, so let's talk about this, this process because uh, a lot of us don't like to go through processes, uh, process, process, process. So let's go through process. By the way, anything, anything worth value goes through process. The car you're driving today, it didn't come out the factory that way. It started off as a piece of metal. They added some rubber and some other things. They put a little electronics in there, and all of a sudden, the car you're driving today, it went through a process so that you could have access. I like the way that sounds. Let me help you. So you have to go through a process so that you, too, can have access. I'm preaching better than y'all talking this morning. We all have to go through a process in order to have access. The diamonds that some of y'all are wearing in your ears shining so bright. It went through a process in order for you to have it on your beautiful body to adorn with. It had to go through a process. It started as a lump of coal deep down in the earth. But it had to go through a process before it could find its true value. And that's where you get the promise. The promise of that diamond is its value. So before you can possess The promise, you got to go through the process. Here's the process. It's very simple. I'm going to give you the same exact process that was given to these people. Number one, we have to humble humble ourselves and pray. Number one, simple. We have to humble ourselves and pray. And some of you are like, man, I pray all the time, Pastor. This this message ain't for me because I'm, listen, I'm a praying so-and-so. I can pray. I pray all the time. But the part that you're missing is the humility part. You have to humble yourself to pray. 
You have to humble yourself. You, meaning humility requires vulnerability. And for most people, particularly men, we don't like to be vulnerable. I don't want you to know what's going on. I don't want you to know that I struggle in areas. I don't want you to know my weaknesses. I don't want you to know that I need you. It's the hardest thing for a man to do is ask for help. And the hardest thing is to definitely ask for help in prayer. But humility requires vulnerability. It requires getting to a point where you say, you know what? I don't have anything. All I have is God. God, if it's not for you, I can't do this. You got to get to a place where you're vulnerable to be naked spiritually before God. That's what it feels like. So let me help you. It's almost that same feeling you have when you look at yourself physically naked. A lot of us are like, oh, I don't want to see that. You avoid the mirror. Now, let's put it spiritually. It's the same thing. It's like having a virtu- It's like having a, a spiritual mirror right in front of you, and you're like, "Ugh, I don't like what I see. I don't want to see that." But you have to get to that place of vulnerability where you look ugly to yourself that only God can make you beautiful. Only God can adorn you with what He can adorn you with. You have to be there. That's humility, and then you pray. And then you pray. Expose yourself. Get naked before God spiritually, and then you pray. And then you pray. Watch this, watch this. John 3, verse 27 through, 30, through, through 28. And then I'm going to add 30 on there. John chapter 3, verse 27, 28. And then I'm going to add 30 on there. Watch this. This is John the Baptist. He says this. John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you. I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. 30. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. That's humility. That's humility. That's saying, break me down to the point where, God, you are greater. You're greater than me. I know that I know that you've given me this education. I know that I got more money in the bank that I can count, but make me, make me so low, God, that you're so great. We have to be broken down to that point to where we're so low that he is great. And the thing is, we don't give God the chance to be great. We're faced with issues, and guess what? Any issue that comes up, what's the first thing we do? Try to fix it. (laughs) Why? Because we're not humble enough to ask God for help. I'm smart enough. I got more money enough. I can do this on my own. When we just pause, this is too big for me. God, I'm naked. God, I'm weak. I've given it my best shot. My best is not near your great. So, God, I give it to you. Make me low enough so that I can make you greater. We have to get to a point where we try, instead of trying to fix it first, go to God in prayer. (laughs) Because here's the thing. Remember last time you tried to fix it, right? How'd that work for you? Okay, maybe the time before that. What about the time before that? How about that other time? Hasn't worked for you yet. Give it to God. Those things become less so that he may become greater. That's humility, my brothers and sisters. That's humility. And I guess what? When you give it to God, you're not looking at, oh, I wish I had more time in the day. Guess what? You've used your time well because you made God great. Let, put, put God at the front of your list. Let your best hour be the hour you spend with him. 
You don't look at the end of the month and say, man, I got more month left than I got money. Why? Well, you should have gave first to God. Give unto God first. God can do. It's amazing that God only asks us for 10%. Do you realize how much he can do with 10%? He could have said, listen, y'all give me 90 and live off the 10. But we serve a gracious and wonderful and glorious God that says 10 is good. But watch what I can do with the 10. Watch what I can do with the 10 if you would just trust me. The only time in the Bible he says, test me, the only time, read it, cover to cover, is when it comes to issues with money. Because the greatest competitor for your heart with God is your money. And some of y'all are like, I ain't even got no money. Yeah, but you got a certain lifestyle. that You, you want to look good, don't you? Yeah, I want to look good. And you got that, what's what that, that Fashion Nova, what you got on? And I know Fashion Nova's affordable, but you know, some of us, we don't need it then. <laughs> We spend money we don't need to spend it on. God is saying, what are you doing with with that to honor me? I can do more. Instead of buying you your own outfit, guess what? I can buy a whole community outfits. I can give a kid shoes on their feet. I can provide meals for somebody. I know you want to look good, but some people just want to feel good. They just want their bellies filled. I know you want to look good, but somebody just want to be full. (laughs) What are you doing that could bless somebody else's life? Let me move on. Let me move on. Number two, we had to seek his face. Seek his face. Seek his face. Seek his face. Colossians uh, chapter three, verses one through two. And I'm reading the English standard version because I like the way it reads a little bit better. Colossians chapter three, verses one through two. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ. Okay, now that's that's we're speaking to believers here. All right. Those who are believers. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And too many of us think about things that are on the earth. What did I do? I just tested y'all. And some of y'all, y'all were like, I don't know where this is going, so I'm not going to raise my hand, even though I know I did put some numbers in there for that billion dollars. I mean, heck, even I was tempted. A billion dollars? That's the highest it's ever been, I believe. But I didn't do it, just so you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't do it. Because too many people said they were going to tithe, so I'm just hoping that they do it. And that works out for me. <laughs> I said, they win, I still win. I mean, Can I tell the truth? Listen. But seriously, I just tested y'all. And the first thing is we think about what we're going to do with it for us. For us. Why? Because we're not thinking kingdom. And here's what I want to tell you. Everything you accumulate on this earth when you die, it stays here. Isn't that crazy? All that you accumulate on this side of heaven, the fancy house, the fancy ride, the nice clothes, and even the bling, it stays put for your family to fight over. Because that's what's going to happen. Two great superstars died in the past year or two without a will. Prince and Aretha Franklin. Both were very obedient givers. Matter of fact, Aretha gave millions to her church. Millions. Prince was, was Jehovah's Witness, but he never gave to a church, but he certainly gave scholarships and money to people in need. Both died with more money than they could count. They never, ever, ever were able to spend all that they had, all they had accumulated. And guess what? Now, in both estates, the state is fighting over who gets the money. 
They didn't have wills. They had more money than they can count but could never, ever get rid of it. Do you realize that there's one goal that we have on this side of heaven? That's to leave the earth empty. What do you mean by that, pastor? Everything God has poured into you, you're supposed to pour into others. You are blessed to be a blessing. Let me tell you how that plays out. We just went down to Donaldsonville, Georgia to help out. A few days before we left, well, my wife told me about a, 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 a malfunction with our garage door. Well, that garage door malfunctioned while I was backing out, and bam, I hit the door and broke it. Yes, I broke it. I ain't going to lie. But it malfunctioned. So that's the second time just this year I had to call the garage repair guy. So he calls me while I'm in Donaldsonville, and I'm serving others, and there's noise in the background. He called me to confirm our appointment. And I says, yeah, Saturday is good. So he called me to confirm the appointment. And he said, man, where, where, where you at, man? I said, I'm down in Donaldsonville. We're doing hurricane relief right now, man. But I'll be back in time for you to come and do the repair. He's like, all right, cool. He came by yesterday. was in there. Bam, 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 bam. Did his little work. I went and grabbed my card to pay for it. And then he said, man, put that away. I said, huh? He said, no, put that away. He said, since you were out there helping the people with hurricane relief, today I'm going to bless you and I'm going to take care of this. Saved me almost $200. I didn't do that because I knew that man was going to do that because I had no idea. I was serving because I was thinking about the kingdom. I was serving down there because I wanted to instill hope in the people who may felt hopeless. I wanted to do something to bless people who had lost things. I wasn't thinking about what I get out of it. I didn't want nothing out of it. I want them to get some. Maybe, just maybe, me serving somebody that don't know Jesus will receive Jesus because I'm being his hands and his feet. Just maybe somebody will receive receive salvation just maybe somebody will begin to believe in Jesus Christ again because we're serving just maybe that's why I'm doing it that's why I'm there not because of what I get out of it because that's what I'm commanded to do reach people to the ends of the earth baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit and teach them to obey his commands that's why I'm doing it because at the end if we all get to glory we'll be surprised who didn't make it but I want to be there. And my Savior look at me and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want to hear that well done. That's why I do it. But because I'm obedient, God bless me in the, in, in the end. And the name of the place, because I told him I would do it, is Integrity Garage, Vidor and Repair, Call Mark, out of Woodstock. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Listen. Integrity Garage Door and Repair. His name is Mark out of Woodstock. Y'all got that in, on, on Facebook Live? He may not do that for you, but favor ain't fair. What can I say? I'm just playing. Listen, we need to have our minds on things eternal, kingdom things. I'm sure we all have our own personal needs, man. I'm telling you, we all have. People took time out of work to go down there to work for others it cost us to do that but nobody complained we had a great time to see hope restored in those lives sam who always calls me a cry baby i promise you was about to cry that's the first time how long have i known you you about to cry i got it i got it on tape he's what do he say i'm about to be emotional his voice quivered and i was like fall Fall, tear, fall. So he can never, ever call me a crybaby. 
That's my brother. Third and final point, and then we're out of here. Bible says, turn from your wicked ways. Turn from your wicked ways. Now, here, when, I, when I've always read this scripture, I always thought sin. Like lying, like, like cussing, like all of those things. I've always looked at this and thought, oh, man, he's talking about, about sin, right? So when I look at this, it's, it's a turn from your wicked ways. I'm like, oh, okay, turn from your wicked ways, so then we got we to gotta stop cussing. I mean, I'm working on that right now myself. Don't judge me. Y'all know, like, like if something falls on your foot, you might use the S word because it sounds better than the D word. So you can't help it. You know, we all working. We all got our issues. That's my issue. I'm working on my language. Amen, somebody. I'm a transparent pastor. Y'all, some of y'all got worse issues. Some of y'all just be driving around dropping F-bombs just because. Because your team lost or something. I'm, I'm not there. But I'm working on my language issues. Amen, somebody. And I thought that that's what this scripture means, but it doesn't mean that. You got to understand the Bible in its context and the time and the historicity of it and all the things that were happening at this time. When he says, when you people, if you people would turn away from your wicked ways, you know what the wicked ways of these people were? Being disobedient to God. Here you have a people that God had blessed. Here you have a group of people that God had done some amazing things for. Here you have people who literally crossed the Red Sea. Just take a map and look at what the Red Sea looked like back in that day. Parted the Red Sea. They crossed on dry land to the other side. They are part of that generation of people. People that were out in the desert. Their ancestors were fed manna in a dry land. People that were blessed but still have the audacity to be disobedient to God. Y'all quiet because y'all sound a lot like them people, don't you? I understand. I'm one of them too. But hear what I'm trying to say. That was the wickedness. It wasn't, it wasn't cussing. It wasn't uh, issues with pornography. It wasn't sexual addiction. No, no, no. Their wicked way was being disobedient to God's command. That was it. So when he says, turn away from your wicked ways, watch this. What are your wicked ways? Oh, trying to figure out things on your own. That's a wicked way. Trusting you more than you trust God. That's a wicked way. Taking matters into your own hand. That's a wicked way. Turning away from God. That's a wicked way. So when he says, turn from your wicked ways, he says, stop being disobedient and follow my commands. Stop being disobedient and follow my commands. Put me first in your life again. Make me a part of who you are. Don't make me a calendared event. Let's have a real relationship. I know religion says something, but God said, I never came here to give y'all religion. I came here to give y'all relationship. Turn away from your wicked ways thinking you can live a life apart from me. How well has that worked for you? Turn away from your wicked ways and thinking that you know more than I know. Do you know that I'm an omniscient God, meaning that I am all-knowing? I'm an omnipresent God. I'm the God that goes before you and the God that follows you. I'm an omnipotent God. When you are weak, baby, guess what? I'm strong. I can do better with your little than you can do with a lot. Turn away from your wicked ways of thinking you're a know-it-all when I know more than you. I made plans for you while you were in your mother's womb. I ordained this day that you're in right now. I set you up to succeed. You don't know more than me. Turn from your wicked ways, but turn toward me. And this is what God is saying. 
Turn toward me. I've got all you need. And this is the thing. If you just pause for a minute and think about what I've already done for you, you'll know just how much power I got. I don't care how bad your life is right now. You prayed for this moment. Can I tell you something about prayer? And I said this in the earlier service. Some of us, we're still surviving off of our grandmother's prayers because our prayer life don't look nothing like grandmama's. Let's be honest. Some of us are still surviving today because of what our ancestors prayed for us because our prayer life don't look nothing like theirs. We exist today because we're holding on from prayers that were prayed over our lives when we were yet kids because our prayer life looks nothing like that. Nothing like that. They prayed about everything. They thank God for everything. I promise you they thank God for everything. Oh, I ain't got nothing but no cornbread and some beans in here, but God, I thank you. You look, in the, you look in the closet, the pantry today, all I got is some cornbread and beans. Dang, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> all I got is noodles. Oh, man, what am I going to do with that? But our, people, our parents back in the day, our grandparents, they were thankful for everything. All I got is some water and some sugar, but that's going to be some good sugar water. Anybody know about some sugar water? Come on now. I got some bread and peanut butter, but I ain't got no jelly. Oh, man, that's a good meal right there. Just a peanut butter sandwich. I got mayonnaise and bread, Gerald. I'm going to make a mayonnaise sandwich. Come on, somebody. Huh? They don't know nothing about the mayonnaise sandwich. They think I'm a city boy. I know a little bit about something. Huh? We couldn't make, we, we, my, my, sister, my sister here, she can tell you, we didn't have, we couldn't buy pizza from the local pizzeria. So we'd take bread and that government cheese with some tomato sauce. You remember that, Michelle? And we'd make the, our own pizzas on the white bread and put it under the broil. Come on, somebody know how to eat around here. Come on, y'all. Put your mind on things eternal. Don't think about what you get. Turn away from your wicked ways thinking you know more than God. So my brothers and sisters, this whole message is about generosity, but it begins with this. It begins here. Seeking the kingdom of God above all things. Seeking him first. That's where generosity begins, in your heart. Amen? Amen. Listen, that's all I got for y'all. I want to move on because we're going to have a baptism and stuff right now. So listen, before I do that, I would be remiss if I didn't pause for a moment and extend an invitation uh, for you to receive Christ. You know, I said a lot today about God and the relationship, and I really mean that God never, ever came. He never sent his son for religion. He never, ever sent his son to start religion. Jesus came so that we could have relationship. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.